everyone, or good afternoon, or good evening, good evening. Oh my gosh. Hello, and welcome to Growing Woman. Um, this is a podcast that I host. My name's Christina, and Growing Woman is all about amplifying and uplifting women's voices and stories. And man, oh man, like, I... I'm happy to be back doing this, but I have also been feeling down, down, down. I have been feeling pretty down lately. Um, I know that we are all going through it and we are all uh, facing the ups and downs of life. And if you listen to this show or follow me online, you know that I'm also really, really transparent. Also, that was not a fart. If you just heard something, that was literally my finger rubbing on my chair. I promise. Oh my God. Um, anyway, (laughs) back to my anxiety and mild depression. Um, so I know that we all go through things. Um, and I've been going through it lately. I have just not been feeling super, uh, great. And it's kind of hard to pinpoint like where it's coming from too. It's just a general state of sadness. (laughs) Um, And I want to be super open with it because I've been just feeling in a rut. And I know that others can totally relate to this. And I also feel like I'm letting it run its course. You know, like I am not shying away from it. Um... I'm not trying to cover it up with positivity. I, you know, I haven't posted this episode for two weeks or this episode, this podcast (laughs) for two weeks now. And, um, you know, that's okay. I'm sure people out there would be, you know, like the algorithm, but whatever. (laughs) Um, and I also haven't posted online for like two and a half weeks on my Amplify Her Media page because I just haven't felt motivated or, you know, that spark to do so. And I feel like sometimes it's a lot of pressure to keep up with all of this. And the interesting thing is that I've still been interviewing folks. I've been connecting with such incredible people over the past two and a half weeks. I've been having wonderful conversations. I'm, you know, I have an interview lined up for today. I'm working on a future workshop with an incredible human. And we have a call for that today. And, you know, I'm still doing things, but then there are these moments of, you know, deep, uh, hollowness and it's really hard for me to motivate myself to do anything, to try. (laughs) And, you know, I think a lot of people go through things like that and I want to be really honest about my mental health journey. Um, yeah, I'm, and I'm actually, you know, reaching, going to be reaching out to a therapist and I'm looking for a new therapist and, um, I'm looking into some other things that I feel like might be going on. Um, and I'm happy to share later down the line once I kind of figure more things out, but it's, um, you know, this time is not easy. Um, I think I'm also putting a lot of pressure on myself, which isn't easy, but, if you're feeling down, if you're feeling like everything's just a lot and doing things is really just fucking hard, I feel you. It's not easy. And over the past weekend, I actually had such a wonderful long weekend. Uh, We were celebrating my brother's birthday and I had just like a taste of normal life. Um, if you listen to this episode, or if you listen to this podcast, I keep saying episode instead of podcast is driving me crazy. Um, if you listen to this podcast or follow me online, you may know that like, I don't really go anywhere. <laughs> I don't really know how transparent I am in sharing that, but my son is almost a year and a half and, you know, we still don't have vaccine options for children for COVID, Um, We just went through a huge wave of a variant that was incredibly contagious. Um, Having a child means that they're kind of always also getting sick, especially one that's going to daycare. Um, So I have really been home for two years, 
you know, I've gone on excursions for a few days here and there. I think maybe the most was like five days. We we go to see family in Maine every single summer and we couldn't in 2020. And last year we were able to go again. And so we went a couple times, um, which was amazing. And we've gone to see my mom who lives about three hours away. And those are the only things I've done. Um, you know, the only time I went on a plane was to go to Maine and those things felt absolutely incredible. But my son hadn't, you know, until this past weekend, my son hadn't even been in a grocery store. I don't go with him to the grocery store. I don't take him to places. And I don't think people realize just how difficult it is with a small child right now that's under five, heck, under two. Um, And parenting during this time can feel really lonely and all-consuming. And I think, God, the universe anything and everything that's a magnetic and positive force for childcare right now. Just having my son in childcare has been so healthy and wonderful. And still there's a grieving process of not having him here with me every day or with my husband. And so this long weekend was just so wonderful and healing because we felt comfortable during this time going places with our son. And the whole time I was just so happy and I was like, is this how it feels? Is this how normal parenting just feels where you leave your home and you just take your kid with you? You go to the grocery store and you just take your kid or you go on the bus and you just take your kid like you do anything (laughs) with your kid because all of those things I have to manage alone or my husband has to manage alone and we or we order our groceries in like we, we really don't do much. We take our son to daycare and then he comes home and we spend time with him. And um, we're trying to do more and more outside, but especially during winter, it's hard. So we don't go to museums. We don't go really anywhere because we're just super cautious. And that can be really hard. <laughs> um, and whether you agree with me or not, cool, live your life, do your thing. But I'm. this is how, you know we feel most safe and and how you know since my son doesn't have an extra layer of protection this is how we are living right now um and we are starting to slowly but surely kind of like lift some of our own restrictions and our own um assessments of risk and i will say it this past weekend was wonderful i mean for valentine's day last week um or week before last, was it? Oh my God, what is time? Can anyone else relate to that? Like, what is time <laughs> during this moment? Last week was Valentine's Day. We went to a restaurant with my son and it was magical. Um, it was his first time dining inside of a restaurant. And he's gone to restaurants um, outside Oh, no, that's not true. He's gone to one other restaurant inside. Um, And, you know, it's it's wonderful. And so when we got into this restaurant, it's this Mexican restaurant that we went to and it's bright and colorful and wonderful. And when he's in his stroller, he can't see much of anything. You know, uh, we have a cover over it for the winter months. Um, And so we we get into this restaurant and he just looks around and he was like, oh, my gosh, like you could tell he was just having the most magical time pointing at things, dancing to the music, and it was just wonderful. And so this past weekend, my brother came down and we were able to celebrate with him um, for his birthday, which was yesterday, um, February 21st. And, or no, I, again, what is time? Monday, February 21st, because this is coming out on Wednesday. So, um, yeah, we were able to celebrate with him and my brother and I went to the Chinese Lunar New Year Parade. And let me just tell you, there's no better way to re-enter society in any capacity than going to a parade. Like it, everyone was so incredible. We were all craving community and craving a celebration. And I had, I've never been to the Lunar New Year parade before. Let me tell you, I will go every year from now on because it is so beautiful. Number one, number two, 
confetti. The theme, I feel like, other than the Lunar New Year, was confetti. Like, confetti cannons everywhere. Every parade needs to adopt having confetti cannons as much as possible in every aspect of their parade. It was so much fun. And there was one older gentleman who this was his moment. Like, this was the time of the year for him. Um, This parade hadn't been held for two years. And so he was just so ready to go. He... I want to say purchased every confetti cannon on the block. Like every single time I saw him, he had a new handful of confetti cannons and pop art. Like it it was incredible. We had the best time. And so that was so, so fun to do with my brother. And then um, we went out to dinner, you know, we went out to brunch with my son and my son was waving at every person that came in to an establishment. (laughs) We went out to dinner with him and it was you know, challenging, but so, so fun. And we went into a grocery store to get ice cream. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're in a grocery store. Like all of these little things that I haven't done with my family um, or these little moments that we truly take for granted. I am so privileged that I've been able to have, you know, this very insular life over the past two years that I've been able to order my groceries. I've been able to stay home. I work remotely. Like that is major fucking privilege. And I totally acknowledge that. But I also want to acknowledge the gratitude that I felt in just doing small things that I haven't done in so long. Um, because it made me appreciate just simply going out to dinner with my family, going out for a walk and hopping on the bus with my kiddo and having him like look up and and in wonder when the speaker started announcing stuff and there was like the automated messages on the bus. You know that moment in Elf when he's in the like department store and he looks up when there's an announcement. He's like, what the hell is that? That's exactly what my son did on the bus. Just all of those small moments. I think a lot of parents of children under five can relate to. Because when I talk to anybody that has a kid under five or under two in that range, every single discussion we have, we can all understand how we're feeling. And this isn't to limit the conversation to anyone not experiencing this. I'm just trying to share my own experience in this time right now. Because to be honest, I feel like it's being overlooked (laughs) and families are not getting the support that they need at this moment. We're just kind of being ignored and we're just being told to deal with it. And we are, but it's coming at a great cost to our own mental health and our own safety and wellness. Um, And so just getting like a glimmer of that this weekend, this past weekend was just incredible. And, um, and yet I still have, you know, this deep sadness that I'm working through in these moments that I'm working through. Um, and so I just wanted to be really open and honest about what's been going on with me. Um, and I, I, you know, all of this is wrapped in excitement over Amplify Her Media and what's coming down the pipeline. And I also think a lot of this is coming from fear about what's coming down the pipeline and, and what I'm working on. I'm feeling a little overwhelmed with, you know, my full-time role and amplify her media. And, and it's, I think it's kind of hitting me that like, this is a lot. And yet I, I want to do it and I want to continue to do this because it makes me feel good. And when I, when I've been having these interviews with, you know, these incredible people over these past two and a half weeks, every single interview I felt in flow. Like every single conversation I've said to the person, like, yeah, this is my passion. I I just love having conversations like this. I love doing this. And I think it's really important for me to continue to take action. So if you're listening to this and you can relate to what I'm saying, um, for me, it's really, really, really hard for me to start doing something really hard. Um, And any sort of task, even taking a shower, brushing my teeth, anything feels really overwhelming right now and really hard. Um, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it and say that it doesn't usually feel hard because it does. And 
So doing things right now can feel really challenging. Um, So if you're feeling like that too, I totally get you and I totally understand. And um, I'm working through it and trying to figure out, you know, how I can support my mental health, how I can support myself and, and, you know, be healthier and work through this process because this is a very trying time. And, um, you know, even if you're not as like deeply in, uh, a a rut as I am right now, but you can relate to some of the things I'm saying, like you, you deserve time for yourself. You deserve to understand, you know, how you're feeling and, and where that's coming from. And, you know, I, I think I'm not really taking healthy time for myself. I think I'm spending a lot of time doing unhealthy things like disassociating or scrolling on my phone for hours um, or just not not doing the things that would help me feel more accomplished in the day or even just like I have this I, I really just want to start to do small things that will make me feel better um, So this morning I did some gua sha (laughs) and that was awesome. And I have no idea if it made a difference, but it certainly made a difference for my mental health. This morning I also dipped my face in ice cold, you know, water because I saw it on TikTok because that's, (laughs) that's my life, but it made me feel better. And I honestly noticed a huge change in my like complexion after I did it. So Embrace those small moments if you like or not. (laughs) Um, And I'll keep you posted on, you know, how I'm doing and what's going, but what's, what's going on. I mean, Um, but for now, I'm, I'm really, really excited to be dropping this episode, to be dropping an interview with a, a powerful person. When I think of Jackie, I think of how powerful she is. And I think about how um, confident she is and how she really, truly believes in herself and her business. And when you're putting something out there in the world, it can be really vulnerable. Um, And Jackie is, you know... She is embracing vulnerability and trying to remain strong in in that vulnerability as well. So um, I'm really excited for you to check out this conversation. Jackie is the founder of ABC VIP, and it is an events concierge company. So you'll get to learn more about exactly what Jackie does. But I met her through networking, and we talk about her journey to founding her company. But also, there are just so many beautiful nuggets of wisdom and how to keep pushing through when you're dealing with self-doubt, when you're dealing with others doubting your abilities and your vision, um, and really trying to build a business and, um, I would say a movement Um, in a field that is very male dominated. So we really get into all of the things that, you know, Jackie has been doing in, you know, over the past two years and and in her life right now. And um, this is just such a cool and powerful conversation. And so many things came out of this conversation. I wasn't necessarily expecting, Um, you know, just, just really incredible moments where you see somebody that's pushed through great adversity and it when it when it comes to business and and trying to really make things happen for themselves and and trying to better understand who they are as a person and who they are as a leader so you know I hope you enjoy this episode thank you for listening to you know this intro of me chatting about where I am right now and my update in life and I'm just so grateful you're here and I hope you love and enjoy this episode with Jackie Patello. Thanks everyone. Jackie, welcome to Growing Woman. I am so, so thrilled to have you here today. I'm really excited to talk to you about your story. Welcome. 
Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. And I'm excited too. (laughs) So let's jump right in. You are, where are you located right now? So our listeners. I'm in Midtown Manhattan. Midtown Manhattan. Awesome. And how long have you lived in New York? I've lived here for about eight years. Oh, nice. Me too. Almost. Yeah. Um, So you moved to New York from where? So I grew up in Connecticut. I moved to San Diego with no job and no friends at 27. And then I moved back to Connecticut for like a few months. And then I've been in New York ever since. Nice. So you moved to San Diego with no job, no friends. Can you elaborate? Because on this show, I obviously love to talk about people's journeys and their stories. And I love to get into like those nitty gritty details we don't always talk about. So you just mentioned something that very much piqued my interest. So you moved to San Diego. Why? What was that all about? Honestly, like, it's so funny because this whole, like the last 10 years of my life have been, I'm not like one of those people that's like, um, you know, very like in touch with the universe. I still don't understand, you know, horoscope signs or anything like that. Like (laughs) I'm not that person, but things have just happened to me that have just like these, like, you know, like coming from my gut, you know, like just these impulsive you know, feelings that I'm like, I just have to kind of explore it. And San Diego was one of them. I don't know why I moved there. I had a friend from high school who was like, Hey, I have an apartment in PV. We will, you know, make you a makeshift bedroom in the living room. Literally. Like I moved there and there was like, like, like a frame of a room in there. And I was like, okay. Um, Yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. Mm -hmm. And I, he was just like, yeah, just like, come on. And he was just a friend. Like he wasn't even like a best friend or anything. He was just like, you would do so well in San Diego. And I was, I, you know, I got um, into office supplies right out of college. So I worked at WB Mason, which was a really fun job. And I had like Mm. the best friends there and, you know, I'm outside sales. So I'm just like, like, you know, driving around in my little car and just like going to all of my people like, Hey, do you guys want to buy office supplies and toner and stuff? And sometimes (laughs) they were like, no, get out of my office. And sometimes they were like, yeah. Okay. Sure. So, um, it was a really fun job, but it really taught me about people and also made me really comfortable to just like walk into places and, you know, ask for a manager and, you know, just try to build something. So when I moved to San Diego, I was just like, all right, I'm just going to move to San Diego and I'm going to see what I can do. And right. I, uh, I had a sales, like, obviously it was like a sales job. So I was living my life by a number and I was like, you know, it'd be really nice to not live my life by a number, but still be around people all the time. So I thought hospitality would be a nice jump. And that's kind of how I got to where I am today. So can we talk about where you are today? Because I want to definitely go back to that journey. But what do you do? (laughs) I own a hospitality and events agency called ABC VIP, stands for Above and Beyond VIP Concierge. And we are just really making a difference in the hospitality and events world in New York City. And we're gonna be going from city to city doing the same. Um, We partner with local venues. We build unique experiences that you can't get anywhere else. Uh, We really do a good job of making sure that they're getting what they need and they're getting business when they need it. And it's really like our way of giving back to them um, while being able to offer experiences to people coming into New York or even people who live in New York that would never get this experience normally. So it's been a really meaningful model. And, you know, it's really awesome watching like my team come together and them putting together these experiences and like, this is just such like meaningful work. Cause it's like, you take a menu and then you build an experience from it and then people enjoy it. And then they're posting about it. And it's like, mm. it's just a really, really cool model. And I'm so, so proud of how it's evolved and where it's going. I just am really excited. Yeah. That's wonderful. I definitely want to dive more into that, but I do want to get back to the moment where you first entered the hospitality industry, because I think it's really important to talk about those steps, especially in hospitality. I've had people who worked in hospitality on this show before. Um, it is a very intricate web of an industry for sure. And so when you first entered into this industry, what was that role that you first took on and how did you navigate that? Yeah. So I um, didn't have any hospitality experience. So I knew that I couldn't just like send in my resume and get a call back. So I cold called myself at a bunch of hotels and just asked for the manager and introduced myself and um, ended up getting the head concierge position at this beautiful boutique hotel right on the beach. And, 
you know, they're very California. They're like, yeah, just tend to the gas. And I'm like, oh, I'm from the East Coast. We like put programs in place. So um, I put together this program. I reached out to all of my friends that were in the industry too, at any restaurants, nightclubs, anything like that. And just made sure that anytime I sent somebody to them, they really like rolled out the red carpet for them. And that's really how this model stems. So um, my kind of claim to fame and how I got to where I am is, I took that hotel from number 11 to number three on TripAdvisor in less than four months. And everybody was writing these like five-star reviews on a daily basis saying they went above and beyond, they went above and beyond. And I never thought this would be my company one day. I was like, oh, I'm going to move back to the East Coast. I'm going to get back into sales and start making money again because I missed that. And um, I was like, oh, okay, so I'll just, you know, do this like side business because I still have all the connections out here. So I don't know if I would have thought of a better name, but I'm happy that I did stick with this name because I love the logo and it's just, it's like the name says it all, but it also is still unique. Like ABC VIP, like piques people's interest. They're like, what's that? So, yeah, I love that so much. So your claim to fame was taking this um, particular uh, hotel from 11 to three and four months, which I think is incredible. Um, And it also seems like a lot of work, a lot of putting yourself out there. When did you decide that you were going to be moving back to the East coast? How long were you in San Diego? two years. And it was like, perfect. I remember right before I was leaving, my dad was like, like, don't go. We're going to miss you. And my dad, I just need two years. Like I just, you know, like I'm Portuguese and Italian. I come from a really big family and, you know, we're just like, we're Italian and Portuguese. Like everybody's like on you. And it's, I just like, really like wanted to see what I would be like without that safety net. So Mm. it was a very, um, scary at first, but also like very empowering and freeing experience. And, you know, I remember right before I left, I never usually talk about this, but I remember right before I left, my dad was like, what are you doing? I was like waiting for my friend. Cause she had a really cool convertible and we were going to target. And I'm like, Oh, I'm just waiting for my friend. We're going to target. And she's like, and he's like, why do you need your friend to go to target? I'm like, I don't know. I just, I don't know. And she, he's like, you know, you need to get to know Jackie. You need to meet yourself. And I'm like, all right, that's a really dorky thing to say. But I remember like within like a couple of weeks of being in San Diego, I'm like having lunch by myself and I'm doing all these things by myself. And I was just like, I called my dad and I was like, dad, you were right. Like I did, like, I like feel like I've like met myself and like, I'm like really comfortable with being alone and you know, like how I I prefer it. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think that's such a great lesson, especially if you're um, someone that comes from a big family and your family is quite involved is what you're describing. And um, that sounds like a big shift for you that turned out in a positive way. How, were there ever moments during that like two-year journey when you were kind of figuring out this route where you felt lonely because like you were saying, you're getting to know you. How did that, yeah. how did that impact your mental health? Well, you know, I think that like any, and I don't think that this is unique to San Diego or New York or any big city. Um, I think that when you're in it, when you are outside of your comfort zone and you're in a city that's like a melting pot and it's kind of like a transplant city, they call them. Um, it's really hard to like have like really like solid roots. And then also like, if you're kind of going through something like in San Diego, you know, when I would get homesick, like any like negative energy doesn't like translate very well. So, um, you know, it's almost like I would sometimes feel like I was at the, like at a restaurant or at like a club or a bar with all of my favorite people. And I'm like in a room of so many people and so many people that love me and that I love, but I still felt so lonely. And I just think that, you know, being so far away from my family was really tough. So, um, it's like, it wasn't like, it was kind of like a couple months of a deciding factor. Like it wasn't like one day I was like, all right, I'm ready to move home. But it was kind of like the mixture between, you know, they call it the sunshine tax, but like, you don't really make, I mean, it's like, you're either making so much money out there or you're not making anything. So I was making like 1150 an hour with no benefits. That was my life. Um, of course, like, you know, gratuity was very much appreciated, but you know, I didn't want to like turn 30 and like, you know, depend on like tips and stuff. I mean, Mm -hmm. that was a little scary. I wanted something more consistent. So it was like the mixture between like missing my family and just like, you know, I did, I had an amazing experience in San Diego and it's almost like, it it was kind of like time where it's like, all right, I'm either going to put down roots here or I'm not. And I just, and I really wanted to like put my roots down here and get back to my family and all my friends. And, you know, I still have San Diego as like a second family. My heart is still there. And 
um, you know, that's our next location with the company. So I'll be there soon. <laughs> that's super exciting. I am curious, you know, when you moved back to New York, it seemed like it was a natural progression. Um, and so what did that look like for your company? Because you said that it was going to be something you did on the side while going back to sales and going back to a position where you felt like, okay, I can make more money in this way, but then, you know, this thing you're doing on the side really kind of blossomed. So what did that look like? How did that get started? So it actually, um, wasn't as fun as the way you just made it sound. It was, um, I uh, got back into sales and I was, um, not super happy with that job. So I got another sales job, which I think was equally as tough for different reasons. And I just, it wasn't allowing me to just kind of spread my wings and be who I wanted to be. You know, I, I knew I was meant for something really big. I knew I wanted to make a difference and I just like, wasn't really doing that. So, um, one day I was at lunch with this woman, I remember like literally crying <laughs> and she was like, well, I'm sure you've asked yourself this question a million times, but if money wasn't an issue, what would you do tomorrow? And I was like, haven't asked myself that question ever. And without thinking about it, that's the day that I was like, I want to do what I did in San Diego. And that's the day I started my LLC. Since then we've become an S corp. I was working full time. So like literal 12 hour days for about nine months after I started the company. So I am, um, I would just wake up at 4 a.m. every day, just do as much as I could and trying to figure out the model. It's actually kind of crazy. The model started as like a concierge consultant. Um, I was just going to go into distressed hotels and kind of help them build themselves back up. But then, you know, I, I kept on asking myself the question, like, why would they listen to me? And like, how do I make myself, you know, indispensable? And that's when I was like, all right, I better like create a network. And then if I have the restaurants, then I'm, you know, obviously it's a little different. And then as I'm building the restaurants, I'm thinking about like pain points of going out in New York and how much it sucks when you're like out to dinner with all your friends and the bill comes and everyone has to like itemize or be like, oh, I want a separate check, like all these different things. And like, also like, where do we go? And how do we always make sure that we have a good experience? And it just kind of all like unraveled in that way. And that's really how I built the model. And that's how it's become successful. It was like, you know, people were just people, people were just like not feeling good enough and like not feeling appreciated for going out in New York and you're spending a hundred dollars on dinner. You should feel appreciated and you should get the best service. And, mm -hmm. and that's really what we've been able to provide with our packages. So, and like, you know, we feel like a local. Yeah, this is super interesting. So I love the fact that you really took the time to think through your own experiences, other people's experiences, and how your business would match the need. So what exactly does your business do with these um, vendors with restaurants? What are the packages that you're speaking of? Oh, it's like, it's, it's all different kinds. So like either we recreate the wheel, like at Lamia's fish market, we have a table side risotto in a cheese wheel that like doesn't exist anywhere else. So like we could like recreate the wheel and that's an example of that. Or we take something like the blue man group where it's not exclusive to us, but with us, you're paying about the same price and you're getting a swag bag at check-in and you're getting priority seating. So it's like, we are like at Birdland Jazz Club, like anybody who books through us for Birdland Jazz Club, not only gets priority seating, but they get a meet and greet with the band after the show, which is just such like a cool thing, especially for a lot of jazz fans out there. So, um, and then, you know, you get a curated menu and you get the option to upgrade your menu if you want. And these are all exclusive to us because I work really, really hard with the restaurants to like, kind of like negotiate what's, what's going to be easy for their back end to handle. Like what's a prefix menu. That's like not going to mess up what they have going on back there because you know, back of house can get really complicated with certain venues. Right. And then also like what, how can I price it so that it's, you know, around the same price that someone would typically spend not much more like, you know, obviously someone will pay an extra $10 to have front row seats and to meet the band, but I don't really want people to pay too much more than what they would typically spend. So it's, there's a lot of work that goes into these experiences. Well, so. that's what I was going to say. It sounds like, so you had all these ideas about a curated experience with different vendors. And I think it's so rad. And I would imagine that's a ton of work. You were saying 12 hour days, you know, you're, you seem like a very naturally social person, like a connector, somebody who, um, has no fear in getting 
out there and building relationships with people based on your sales background, based on what you stated about your move. When you're first starting a business though, what exactly does that look like for people who are, you know, in similar boats? Because I've talked to people on this show who would go to office building the office building and, you know, talk to people face to face or who would like you were saying cold calling hotels um emailing hundreds of people about a potential job what did this look what did this process look like for you because i'm sure it's ongoing but when you were first starting how did you start to build this so it was like not an experience that i would wish on my worst enemy's worst enemy it was really really <laughs> Um, especially because I funded the company out of my savings and I still to this day, I've not taken like a cent from any like funding or anything like that. Um, so I've done things like really the old fashioned way, which, you know, in hindsight could have probably gone about this a few different ways, but, um, but you know, you, you have to put yourself out there, but like, also it's really, it's, 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 it's scary, but it's also hard. It's like, you know, you open yourself up to so much criticism and it's like, you have, you like hospitality is like an industry that I knew, but like, you know, now I'm like really engulfed in it. But before, I mean, I would always like go to industry experts and I would, you know, ask them a bunch of questions and they would basically put down my model and say how stupid it was basically. And I would have to be like, okay, respectfully, like, thank you. But I mean, that's, I have to keep going because this is like what I feel in my gut. And, and it's like, you know, I have this, um, right above my desk, I have kind of like a little bit of like a vision board and I have the Steve jobs quote where he's like, here's to the crazy ones. And like, you know, you can glorify them or vilify them, but the only thing you can't do is ignore them. And I look at that all the time because it's like, it's, it's really hard putting yourself out there. Like you have to, have such thick skin and you have to be ready to take that criticism. And, and then you've got to think about like what people are saying behind your back too. Like, this is only what they're saying in my face. And it's, you know, it's a very male dominated industry, which listen, I'm not going to like play that card, but it does get really hard because it's like, you know, the, it's, it's such like a boys club in so many ways. And, you know, uh, I wonder like how different this experience would have been if I wasn't a female, you know, and like, I didn't come from, you know, or maybe I came from more of a hospitality background, but like, I think that me, I'm a hospitality and I mean, a, um, a marketing and psychology major and mixing that with hospitality and like my sales background, I think was like the perfect storm to really understand users and like their behavior and what they're looking for. And I'm also like, just such like a people pleaser at heart. So it's like a blessing and a curse because like as a business owner, it's not the best, but as somebody who's creating a company, that's really based off making people happy and making them feel appreciated. It's been definitely a blessing. So yeah. Um, yeah. That's kind of where we're at. It's been been one of those, it's been a really long road. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know that you mentioned meeting people and presenting your model to them and just kind of going, going, going through that, through that process. And I love your honesty about the challenges because I think entrepreneurship is often glorified as a very simple process, um, or as something that is going, you're going to hit all of your goals right away, or you're going to, you know, make lots of money right away. And, um, I appreciate you saying like, you know, it's actually really, really hard. The roller coaster of emotions. And like, if I had a quarter for every time I use the term, I'm drinking water out of a fire hose, I would be able to afford to, you know, buy this apartment building. (laughs) Yes. And I think that, Something you touched on that I really wanted to ask you about was the fact that you are in an industry that is incredibly male dominated, especially when you're talking about curating experiences for people, Um, you know, curating packages like you're talking about in restaurants that are male dominated. And I know that you mentioned you've had challenges in facing criticism and what would your experience have been if you weren't a woman and you identified as a man, you know? And, and I think that that was one of the first things that came to mind when I started talking to you about your business and interviewing you is that you have 
um, very clear vision and you have very clear motivation and your execution is very clear as well. But I'm very curious about the roadblocks that you have hit because of being in a male dominated industry. How has that impacted your motivation and your, um, your drive to keep going? I mean, it's not easy, you know, it's like, um, like I can't, I kind of came out of nowhere and, you know, I, I mean, you know me well enough, like I'm like a very strong personality. So people either love me or hate me. And there's like no in between really. Like I either like rub people totally the wrong way, which I've never like done anything to, to like, like if I say something, I'm not like saying anything to like, like hurt somebody or anything like that. But like people just like really do everything that they can sometimes I feel like to, um, to villainize me almost. And like, Oh, like, you know, and, or like maybe I'm like too much of a dreamer or something like that. And it's like, not, you know, like, I remember one time I was at this event and this guy was talking to me about the company and he was like, Oh, it's an interesting model. I was like, yeah, I'm going to sell this company for a billion dollars one day. And I was like, dead serious. I said that right to him. And he like, literally like almost like turned away right away and just like laughed. And I'm like, okay, well, that's going to happen. But, and then, and then you kind of like think like, all right, maybe I shouldn't like be saying stuff like that. And it's like, you know, as a woman, I feel like guys just like do, you know, and I'm almost like kind of jealous of them. <laughs> like they just, like, That's such just, a like, great thing. Guys just right? do. They just do it and they do it. Like, I don't care. Like they're just going out there and like the thing saying that, like, exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Like they, exactly. But like, if they said that the person would be like, Oh, I'm going to kiss this guy's butt now because like, Oh, he's going to like sell his company for a billion dollars. Yeah. Look at that badass. Look at that guy. Like, all right, this girl's like out of her mind. And it's like, okay, sure. But, um, you know, it's like, it's like, I feel like women, I feel like the, the hardest thing about being a woman in business. And like, this is just across the board. This isn't like unique to hospitality or sales, but it's like, you put yourself out there and like, again, like guys just do it and they just like, don't care. And it's like, if it doesn't work out. They're like, all right, whatever. But like women, you, we like just tend to, I don't want to say like overthink it, but like, you know, we care about the, the way people perceive us, you know, like, it's not just like a, yeah, I'm just like on this path and you're either on this path or you're not like, you want to be like that. Of course, like some days I am sure. But like every now and then I'm just like, Ooh, maybe I'm like putting out too much or maybe I'm like too confident. And, and it's, it's a really tough area to be in because whether you're a guy or a girl, like it doesn't matter no matter what you are. It's like, you have to come out with all this confidence and all of this passion and all this just to get people to listen to you, no matter what you're selling. I mean, that's just like, you're selling an idea, a product, no matter what it is, you're selling something, you're selling yourself. And like, you need to come out with so much confidence and strength. And sometimes that gets like a little hard when you like are getting so many doors shut in your face, especially like for me, it's so hard because like, when restaurants don't talk to me, I'm like, do you understand that all I'm trying to do is send you the business from all my corporate clients that I'm, that I plan events for. And I like send out to lunches and dinners. And also I am the concierge for 12 hotels. That's like 6,000 people. I just want to like send to your venue and you're just like ignoring me or ghosting me or making it like so difficult. Sometimes they'll give me a prefix menu. This one venue gave me a prefix menu for me to sell at $80. And that's not like, that's what they wanted. And then obviously mm-hmm. I had to add my margin and I go on their website and I see the same menu pretty much for their lunch special for $39.99. I'm like, okay. Like you just, (laughs) and that's just like offensive at that point. Well, I think what you're talking about is being heard and being seen. And I really love the, the point you made around confidence and walking into a room and, and women, um, you know, having maybe a second thought or a second guess of, are people listening to me? Am I being heard? Am I being taken seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Are they, are they taking me seriously in this work that I'm trying to do and put out there because it is vulnerable to put yourself out there. And we're often taught not to be confident as women, not to put ourselves out there, not to show our strength and our gumption and yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's too much. Yeah. That's, that's a frequent, um, you know, criticism and, when you have that straightforward personality or when you have, when you want to be taken seriously, 
that can feel really horrible when somebody just walks away laughing after a comment that you made. Sure, they may have inner criticism. I'm sure maybe you've thought about that for other people's businesses too, but laughing in someone's face is not okay. And I also think in a, in a context of yourself as a, as a woman business owner, um, somebody who's confident about their business model, who genuinely wants to bring business to other people and support others, um, believing in yourself is really key. And I'm curious, how do you maintain that belief in yourself? How does that, how do you have those sparks of those moments of like, yeah, I still believe in myself because I, I, from what you're describing, I imagine there's a lot of hits that, that keep coming and that might not always be easy. So what are some strategies that you use to believe in yourself continuously? Okay. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to say this in 2020, literally every horrible thing that could happen to me personally and professionally with, uh, with the exception of like, thank God, any health issues happened to me. Like it was a terrible year. So for so many people, but like, for me, it was very specific things that just like but I learned so much. I remember coming into 2021 as like basically a shell of a human. And by, you know, New Year's Eve, just last month or two months ago, I was, you know, I, I was like back and then better than ever. And I really like, it was my year to like rebuild myself personally and professionally. And it was really a tough, tough year, but like the gratification of getting there was worth every second of it. Now in 2022, I feel like I'm a different person. It's almost like, uh, you know, when I woke up on January 1st, it was like, like a light went off. And so if you asked me this question last year, I don't know what my answer would have been, but this year, I, I don't know. I've just like, let go of like all of the stuff that was holding me back. Like, I just trust, I just trust the process. And I just, you know, so many things that I thought I needed at that moment, like, a restaurant group is an example that I'm working with now. Like we were talking and then they just like ghosted me. And I was like, oh man, I really need this. And and I just like, just like let it go, you know? And then now we're working together and it just like, obviously wasn't the right time then, but it is now. And it's like really just kind of like trusting your gut and the process. And, you know, you said something interesting before about, you know, like um, all the things that go into you know, building up the company. And it's like, you set certain threat. I mean, everybody sets thresholds for themselves, whether they're financial or like, you know, whatever they are. Like if I listen to my thresholds, when I said that, when I hit $10,000 and like, I'm down to 10,000, I started with like $35,000 because I got this great bonus check from my last job and I'm quite the little saver. And I was like, that's it. So I put all of that, instead of putting a down payment on a house, I put it into the company. I ended up building my own website. So I took some classes, but I mean like everything and then paying rent in New York. So when I got down to 10,000, I was like, that's it. You have to get a job, but like so much was happening. And like, there's such measurable results that I couldn't walk away. And then when I got down to 5,000, like, all right, this is like getting scary, but like, I can't walk away right now. I'm like about to sign a contract with the Marriott's like, it was crazy. So that's really what I started doing events because I was having game nights and dinner parties at my apartment. And then I started hosting events for corporate events. And since then I've done like almost like 200 events. And it's like, you just can't, you have to like, really like just trust your instinct and trust the universe. And you can't let everyone, listen, people are going to have their opinions, especially your friends and family. You take it with a grain of salt. You're like, yes, thank you. I know that you care about me. I used to get offended by it. Now I'm just like, okay, I appreciate it. Thank you. But you just can't let them in your space because it's going to affect you and it's going to make you second guess yourself. And that's like the hardest thing is like staying on that, that arrow and just like allowing the universe to come in and say, okay, everything is happening the way it's supposed to. It might not be happening for the best or the worst, but it's happening the way it's supposed to. And things are falling apart for other things to come together and vice versa. And you just have to just like roll with it. And that's like the best advice I can give because it's the hardest thing to do. But once you can do it, it's like, like, it feels like I just like lost like a hundred pounds and I'm just like, so free, like right. things happen all day. And like, I want to like, but like, instead of like, like letting it affect me, I'm just like, all right, it's, sucks, but here we go. We're just going to keep going. And you just got to wake up every day and give it a hundred percent and things are just going to work out. Right. I mean, 
<laughs> yeah. Or they're not like, I think what you're saying um, relates so much to any sort of emotional work that you're doing, whether you're in therapy or um, you're working through something, you have to sit in your emotion and actually feel it. You have to feel what you're going through. You have to go through the process itself. Um, otherwise you're not going to learn the lesson. You're not going to really understand the true root of what's happening. And I think the same applies ex- for exactly what you're saying in business, you know, coming out of a really tough year and your biggest lesson is you just have to go through it. You have to push through it and let things happen the way they're going to happen is very significant because it's not all sunshine and rainbows. I think there's a lot of motivational talk and a lot of, um, self-help talk that will say, you know, just be positive and like throw yeah. positivity at it. And it does work, but you actually have to go through the mud in order to get to the dry land, you know? And, yeah. and so I think what you're saying is very honest and real and will resonate with a lot of people, but I want to talk to you about, I ask every guest on the show, this, who are your allies in your life that identify as women? Like who are the people who have surrounded you, um, whether in the past or present or now, um, or past present, um, or during your journey throughout that are allies to you and, and that you've been able to talk to. Um, so, um, a real powerhouse in the events world of New York. Um, I've got a few, uh, Valerie Blassie, she works at the, at the Kimberly hotel. She just is such like a boss and I just really appreciate her. And actually, um, Jackie Bernstein, who's another Jackie. So we call each other, other Jack. We've been <sighs> spending a lot of time together and she, she's, you know, these are like women that like, because they started so long ago. Right. And it's like, because of the things that they dealt with and, you know, what they went through, they've paved the way for women like me to come in and just like, you know, I mean, yeah, it's hard for me now, but I can't imagine how hard it was for them then, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's really um, something special when you see women, like I'm 37 right now, which I don't know if I'm supposed to say, cause after 35, you I think you're not. Say like, how I yeah. don't believe that crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, um, but you know, like when I meet women who are like 10, 20, 30 years older than me, I'm like, God, I think about like what the crap that I'm going through right now. And I'm like, what did you guys go through? Because it was so much harder for them to like, really like penetrate into the industry and make a name for themselves. And they did it and they're like crushing it. And I'm just like, I just love that. Like, I love that they did that. I love that. I know them. I love that they support me. And you know, they're just, it's, it's just a, really powerful when you find other women who have like gone through I I don't have anybody that I know of that like have like absolutely bootstrapped a company like I have like I literally came out of nowhere I was like I'm gonna do this one day and everyone's like okay and I had like no (laughs) no like funding or anything and I had like no experience I like built my own website and the version that you see today is like number 5,000 I think my I mean like it's and I have obviously um some help with the website but I mean, I did all the aesthetics. I like learned how to like, you know, like it's, it's, it's been a really surreal experience, but honestly, it's been, it's been really tough, but I'm so happy that I did it the way that I did it because yeah, I probably could have taken some more classes and I could have, you know, take like, you know, paid for a coach and all that stuff, but I just didn't. And I just kind of built the whole company off Googling and YouTube videos. And I'm so happy that I did because now that I, now that I'm acquiring a team and I've got this team of powerhouses now and I'm showing them stuff. It's like, I can actually show them stuff. Like I don't have to like hire somebody to like come in and consult and show, like, I know the company in and out. And you know, it's, it's, it's really powerful to be able to like go through all of that crap. Cause it's like sunshine wouldn't feel so good if it weren't for rain. And if it wasn't so bad for so long, then like this time wouldn't feel so good. And also I wouldn't be able to actively and, you know, intelligently teach my team on how to do all of this stuff so that they can start to do it. And now, now those things kind of have a mind of their own because now they're putting their learning styles on it. Right. And, and it, it's really interesting the way that things have evolved. And I'm really happy that I did it the way that I did it, even though going through it was grueling to say the least. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm sure. And I think it also lends to more power when you find that you now can delegate more. Like when you're now saying you're building a team yeah, yeah, and you can, you know, that's a hard thing to do in itself is learning 
that it's okay to have more help. It's okay to have more people on a team and, and navigate that. But, and I think that also comes to your allies that you're talking about, you know, having people help you, um, accepting help, giving help. That is something that's really, really powerful when you're building anything, any relationship, any sort of project. Um, Now that you're in this phase of your business where you are starting to build out a team, what are some challenges that you're facing internally um, with this new chapter in your business? Well, to your point a second ago, like delegating has been really difficult because like I've, I don't want to be a control freak, but it feels like in the past, anytime that I gave something to somebody else, it ended up just creating more work for me because it wasn't done or, you know, whatever happened. And I remember I used to like use the term, like, I'm like literally hiring people and paying them to upset me because like, it like stressed me out. It was so bad. Um, I, I, one thing that, you know, I've done differently is now I'm hiring people and I'm kind of just giving them an idea of everything that we have going on and I'm letting them pick their job. And that's like been a game changer. You know, I used to hire somebody for a specific position. I'm like, these are all the things that you need to do for this position, which is a normal process. But you know, something funny about me is like, nothing that I've ever done. Like I never do anything like the way everybody else does it. And anytime that I do, it ends up turning into a disaster. And hiring was a perfect example. Like I hire, like you're supposed to, and then I have a job description and I expect people to do the job description. And it was, it was a mess, but now I'm hiring people that I like that. I have them do a couple projects. It works out most of the time. Then I hire them. I'm like, this is all the stuff that we've got going on. Where do you see that you're going to bring the most value? Where do you know that you're going to come in and just like roll your sleeves up? And this is an area that you want to take on. And this is going to like, and you're going to own it, but like understand my expectations afterwards. And, and it's been going so well. Cause like all the people are, that are coming in, they're like, yeah, I love this. And like, and then they're making it better and then they're going to make it better for other people. And they're creating SOPs for everything. And I think that staffing was the biggest challenge in I don't want to say that I've overcome it because I don't want to jinx myself, but right now I've got a team of powerhouse women and a, a male and I'm not doing all women just to like do all women it just happens that way. Yeah. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm really, really proud of the team that we've acquired and they're really excited to be here and they understand that we're really making a difference and we're making such an impact in really disrupting the hospitality game to a place where, um, that was my, that was probably my, the hardest thing was delegating and trusting people. And it seems like it's been alleviated. And I actually feel like really good because last week on Wednesday was a huge day for me as an entrepreneur. I gave up access to my email. Whoa. <laughs> huge, huge. Yeah, that is really big. And I think, um, the strategy that you've implemented for hiring is really powerful and it's not, treating people as less than, you know, here are all the things that you can do for me. Okay. What are your strengths? What do you want to do? What do you want to bring to the table? I'm sure if so many of us had been approached, um, in interviews like that, or, or for a job like that, we would probably be much happier in past roles and, and, you know, feel appreciated. And, you know, if the expectation is set clearly, I think that's how you can keep more employees is by giving them that power and and having them lead the way too, because nobody wants to feel put down in the workplace. So, and that's like why I created this company. Cause I was like, mm -hmm. just not fair to like, you know, give your whole heart and soul to a company. And then they just treat you like you're nothing. It's like, everybody feels so appreciated on my team because they are so appreciated. Like I'm so appreciative of everything that they do and yeah. Okay. I'm paying them, but like they don't have to put their whole heart and soul into what they're doing. And they are because they really truly care. And that's the company culture that we've created. And I'm just so thankful that it's gotten to where it is. And I'm so proud of it. And, you know, to anybody who's going through what I went through, it's so hard, but you know what? I mean, once you get those right people in place, it's almost like a waterfall effect, like more will come and they see how happy other people are at work. So they're coming to work and you, and I always tell them, I'm like, I don't care if you're on a beach in Tulum, just get the work done, you know? So like giving people that flexibility to just like work from home if they want to or not, and like have a place for them to go and just like make them really feel like they're, they have the power over their own destiny with us. It's like, 
I think that that's been a real game changer because it's making people feel really positive in their work environment. And, yeah. you know, you're working, you're working most of your life. So you want to feel good there. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think what you're saying is really powerful. I know we're coming to the end of our time, which is wild. Um, but as we're, you know, talking about making others feel powerful and, and embracing that in others, I want to ask you, what makes you feel most in your power and, and how do you feel most confident and powerful, um, in your work? Well, I don't want to say like the most cliche thing, but it's so true. Um, it's inspiring others. Like I came from like nowhere. I didn't go to some crazy entrepreneur school or anything like that. I went to a state college, you know, I got good grades, but I was never, I never saw myself doing this. Like I never thought that I would have my own company ever. I just kind of found a passion and I just trusted my gut and I just went with it. And I can't tell you the most meaningful thing that people say to me, and I've been getting it more and more lately. So I'm feeling like really proud of it. So I'm going to share that. I always get like, every time I feel like giving up, I think of you or something along those lines. And it's like, and I've got these like slay the day bracelets. Um, Cause it's like, you know, that's what you have to do to go after your dreams. And it's like catchy. Um, so people will send me pictures of the bracelet and they're like, every time I think about giving up, I look at this bracelet, like really crazy stuff like that, that just makes you. And anytime I'm second guessing myself and I'm like, maybe this isn't going to work. Like, you know, like, am I just like beating my head against the wall for nothing? Maybe I should just focus on events. Maybe I should just focus on, you know, this or that, or maybe I should just get a job because like I could like go get a job at a corporate company and like not have to worry about any of this. And then I think about that and I'm like, no, you're, you're exactly where you need to be and you need to keep going. And it's like, you know, other people are what keep me like on that straight and arrow, yeah. you know, like spreading my word and, you know, telling my story more and more and the response that it gives to people. And it really like means something to them. Like that's nothing's like more meaningful in this world than that, or like the experiences that we're providing to these people coming into the city that just like, weren't expecting this at all. Like they're like, Oh, I was just expecting to like go sit down and get like a drink. I didn't know I was going to like learn how to make the drink. And, and the, the, <laughs> the owner was going to come over to me and, and, you know, know my name. And like, you know, people don't get experiences like that in New York city. So just like, I guess like what's coming out of this model and, and the fact that it's like not only working, but it really is making a difference. That's what really just keeps you going. Like it's like yeah. fuel the fire. It's really I can powerful. feel your, your passion about it and how happy you are about what you're creating. And I think it's really, really cool that you're continuing to do this and, and feel, you know, empowered and, and bring other people into this as well. Where can people find you if they want to work with you? So our website is the abcvip.com and our social media handle on pretty much everything is abcvipnyc. So you can reach out to us any way you want to. Um, we're actually starting a new kind of series where I'm just kind of going to like kind of break up this podcast basically, mm -hmm. but I'm um, just kind of like talking about like some of the crazy things that are happening in New York and how we're responding to it, um, you know, how we're really making a difference, how we're helping local venues thrive and we're giving them business when they need it, you know, just really telling people our story and, and, you know, the value that we're bringing to not only the community, but also to people who are in New York. Beautiful. Oh my gosh. Yes. If you want to work with Jackie, please go um, to all of the things she mentioned and we'll have everything in the show notes as well. Jackie, thank you so much for being on here and sharing your story and taking the time. I think there are just so many beautiful lessons people can learn from so much of what you said today. I'm, I can't wait for people to listen to this episode. Um, yeah, just thank you so much for being here. No, thank you for having me. It was really cool. And obviously your energy is just amazing. So oh, I uh, feel like I did better because of you. So. Oh my gosh. Thank you. <laughs> Well, um, please go work with Jackie if um, you have that need. And if you're visiting New York, you know where to find all of her experiences too now. And uh, please do not forget that if you're listening to this episode, your story matters and your voice matters. And we will see you on the next episode of Growing Woman. Thank you so much, everyone.
Growing Woman is brought to you by Amplify Her Media. Amplify Her Media is a media company dedicated to amplifying and uplifting women's voices and stories. Follow along for more at AmplifyHerMedia.com or follow along on Instagram at AmplifyHerMedia.